Hello, good morning. This is Rick Pina, and I'm bringing you today's word for October 25th, 2023. I'm teaching a series on the parables of Jesus, and we've gone through multiple parables. We went through the parable of the sower. We were on that for a long time. We went through the parable of the talents. We learned a lot about being a good steward. We went through the parable of the rich fool, and we just learned that one. And, and so today I felt led to transition because we've been talking about money so much with the parable of the talents and the parable of the rich fool. I get to talk about the love and the grace of God now, which I love. Today, we're going to transition over to the parable of the prodigal son. Put in the chat, God loves me. Put in the chat, God loves me, and I know it. So we're going to talk about the love of God, the grace of God, the goodness of God, and I am super excited about it. I, I, I like talking about money. That's important. But the love of God, man, the grace of God, oh, Jesus. So anyway, I got to teach all the parables. So I got to go through what's there. We're going to deal with the parable of the prodigal son. So this is Pearls from the Parables, part 85. We're already 85 messages into the series. And this is the introduction today of the prodigal son. Get ready to receive. So before we actually get into the parable, there's a scripture we've been looking at all year, Psalms 126 and verse 4. Let me read it for you. Again, the Bible says, now, Lord, do it again. Say, Lord, do it again. We believe at our church that this is a season of refreshing and restoring for us. So if you're a person that maybe you're new to us and you don't know today's word and you don't know this guy, right? And so, okay, what we do is we get into the word. We break down a scripture, and then I ask the question, so what does this mean for you today? We do this every day. But I do believe that that there are times and seasons, and God speaks to us in different seasons. And in this season, we believe at our church that this is a season of refreshing and restoring for us. So if you have an area of your heart that is dried up in this season, God is going to refresh it again. This is what the Bible says, now, Lord, do it again. Restore us to the former glory. May streams of your refreshing flow over us until dry hearts are drenched again. We want every area of your life to be vibrant and refresh and restored. So if there's a dry area, put in the chat, no dry areas for me. The Lord will drench you again. So let's get into the parable of the prodigal son. So uh, I teach at Bible college. I teach um, our students how to preach. Basically, I teach them how to develop sermons and then how to, how to deliver those sermons. So sermon development is one aspect, but sermon delivery is another aspect. And in while I'm teaching, um, I, I kind of address different things. And one of the things that I address is the fact that, yeah, so some preachers want to find these like obscure texts, right? Like in Nahum or Obadiah. Let me find this obscure text that nobody knows about. And then you never heard it in Sunday school. And let me teach you about it now. And people are like, ooh, that's so deep because I never heard that scripture. Okay, that's one approach. Uh, but there's another approach. And that is taking stuff that people have heard all their life and reintroducing it to them in a new way. And that's what God uses me to do all the time. And so the prodigal son, I'm sure that you've heard this story. This is not new to you. Uh, I would be surprised if it's new to you, but let me give it to you and we're going to go through it. And I, I guarantee you, you're going to learn things that you never thought of from this parable because that's what God has called me to do. All right. Luke chapter 15 
a lot of verses here, verses 11 through 32. I'm going to read it from the New Living Translation. Let's get into it. To illustrate the point further, Jesus said, let me tell you a story. A man had two sons. The youngest son told his father, I want to share, I want my share of your estate now before you die. Right up, right up front, that's disrespectful. <laughs> it's like, I want my, my money now. I want my money. The money he was going to give me when I die, I want it now. So his father agreed. His father said, fine, I'm going to do it. And he wound up distributing his wealth between his two sons. The other son was like, why, why, what a minute? I didn't, I didn't ask for nothing. So anyway, now this joker is impacting me, right? Verse 13, a few days later, the younger son said, I got the money now. He packed up all of his belongings and moved off to a distant land. And there he wasted all of his money on wild living. Wild living. If the Bible says it was wild, oh, it was wild. Verse 14, about the time his money ran out. It's interesting. Right around the time his money ran out, a great famine swept over the land and he began to starve. So he needed a job. So he, he didn't have a job at home, but he persuaded a local farmer to hire him. And the man sent him out into the fields uh, to feed the pigs. Uh-oh. So this guy is a Jew. He never dealt with pigs. So now he's out there with pigs. The young man became so hungry that even the pig slop, I mean, the slop that the pigs were eating looked good to him but no one gave him anything. Finally, he came to himself. He came to his senses. He said to himself, well, at home, even the, the hired servants, the workers had more than enough food. And here I am dying of hunger. I tell you what, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to go home and tell my daddy, hey, daddy, I've sinned against heaven. I've sinned against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. So if you don't mind, I just need a job. <laughs> so he returned home to his father. And while he, he was rehearsing, like, this is what I'm going to say to daddy. And while he was still a, a long way off, his father saw, her, saw him come. While he was coming home, his father was looking for him. And filled with love and filled with compassion, his father ran to his son and embraced him and kissed him on the neck. And he said to, he said to his father, he said, daddy, daddy, daddy. I've sinned against both heaven and against you. He, he had rehearsed this thing. What am I going to say? Said, Daddy, I'm sorry. I sinned against you. I sinned against heaven. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But his father said to the servants, quick, hurry up, hurry up. Bring the finest robe. Uh, put it on him. Get the ring. Put it on him. Get the sandals. Put it on his feet. Kill the calf, the fatted calf. Listen, listen, we got to celebrate. I need to throw a party. This is my son. He was dead and now he's come back to life. He was lost and now he's found. But the party began. I'm talking about the love of God, man. This is going to be so good. Meanwhile, the older son was out in the fields, you know, working and taking care of his father's stuff. And when he returned home, he heard music. He's like, what's going on? He asked one of the servants, what's all of this? He said, your brother's back. Your brother's back home and your father has killed a fatted calf and we're having a party because of his return. And the older brother was angry. He didn't want to go into the party. His father came out and said, hey, what's going on? He said, now all these years I've worked for you and I've never once refused to do anything you told me to do, daddy. And, and all that time, you've never thrown a party for me. You've never killed not even a goat for me or my friends. Yet this joker <laughs> comes back after wasting all your money on prostitutes and you celebrate him by killing the fatted calf. 
And his father said to him, look, son, you've always stayed with me and everything I have is yours. We had to celebrate this because it's a happy day. Your brother was dead and now it's like he's come back to life. He was lost and now he's found. So what does this mean for you today? I'm telling you, oh my God, there's so much in this parable. And my heart is full just thinking about the love of God, just thinking about us be like, oh God, I'm, I'm sorry. Look at, like how many times have we said, God, I, 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 this is the last time. If you just forgive me, God, please, 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 please get me through this. If you get me through this, I'm and I'm so sorry, I messed up and I'm not this and I'm not that. And God is like, shut up. I don't need all of that. Come here, boy. I love you. I mean, like, man, the love of God is amazing. What does this mean for you today? I'm just going to set the stage this morning. This is going to be so good. I'm just going to give you the introduction and then I'm going to give you a few things and then we'll really break it down over the days to come. All right. So after spending some time on parables about money and, and teaching on money is important and, and, I, and I, I don't shy away from it. I'm going to teach whatever the Bible says, whether people like it or not. Um, I hope you enjoy those parables on money and there's more and we'll go back to it. And, you know, I'm going to address everything that I need to address in this series. But after talking about stewardship and honoring God with your finances and resources and tithes and offerings and going giving to the poor and all of that, after all of that, that was good. But now I'm transitioning in this parable from the tangible to the intangible, from the material to the heart of God. I'm talking about to the matters of the heart. I'm talking about now where I get to talk about something I love to talk about, which is the grace of God, the love of God, the mercy of God. So this parable, I believe, is a picture of God's boundless, endless love for us, his grace and his mercy. It's a parable that, as we go through it, I believe captures the heartbeat of God. It gives us a glimpse into how much he loves us and how much he wants his children to come home. He's not going to go get you and, and force you to come home, but he will welcome you when you decide to come home, the prodigal of the par of the prodigal son. I mean, the parable of the prodigal son stands out as a beacon of hope. It, it helps us to understand the depth of God's love for us and the power of genuine repentance. This kid had to had to repent. He had to turn around, and yeah, it's it's understandable. I mean, he wanted autonomy. He wanted to be his own man. He wanted to make his own decisions. He wanted to be big, bad, and bold. So he asked for his father's money, and he left. And he left with his pockets full of money and his heart full of deception because he thought, you know, as young people do, that they know it all. And he got out there and he spent all this money. And as luck would have it, I don't believe in luck, by the way, uh, but as fate would have it, just around the same time that he ran out of money, a famine swept over the land. He was penniless. And he wound up getting a job dealing with pigs. This is a Jew. Now, I mean, I'm telling you, he would have never done this at home. Jews don't deal with swine. <laughs> and so, And then he got so hungry that even the pig slop was looking good to him. And sometimes we're there, right? And sometimes we, it's almost like it's unfortunate. But sometimes people have to hit rock bottom before they will acknowledge the love of God and acknowledge who they are. And so he came to himself. It's like he realized, man, this is not me. Like, I'm not supposed to be living this way. 
So he came home and his father was out there scanning the horizon every day, waiting for his son to come home. And while his son is rehearsing, okay, this is what I'm going to say. Daddy, I'm sorry. I don't deserve it. I messed up. I've sinned before you. I've sinned before heaven. I'm no longer a son. I I, I, I could just be a servant. Hire me as a... I mean, while, while he was going through all of this and just kind of like thinking that this was the answer, like, you know, I, I'm no longer... I don't have the status anymore. The father was like, no, you're still my son. This doesn't change. He throws this amazing party and he welcomes him home. And at the same time, there's this other brother that is like, man, what's going on? You never did this for me. And so there's so much in this, right? It's a reflection of God's love and grace and, and moments of the relationships that we have and the internal battles, even sometimes within families and within churches. So there's a lot that we're going to cover in this parable. And I pray that you, you open your heart to receive. I'm going to cover four things this morning. Here's some key themes from the parable. I'll just mention four quick things and then we'll teach it in the days to come. I guarantee you this is going to be good. All right. And if you don't like it, I'll give you your money back. <laughs> All right. Number one, God's unconditional love. Let's talk about the unconditional. Put in the chat, God loves me. Put in the chat, God loves me. Listen, one of the things I love to do when I was preaching in jail is to get people to say, I would say, hey, God, say God loves me. And they say, God loves me. I said, no, say God loves me. They say, God loves me. And I would say, say God loves me and I know it. And, and I could tell when somebody finally gets it. And you see dudes in jail in that jumpsuit with those little, uh, you know, uh, um, sneakers, slip on sneakers on. And they're sitting there all tatted up and all of this. And you, they just start crying when they realize that despite who I am and what I've done, God loves me. It's the unconditional love of God. The father's immediate embrace of his returning son showcases the love of God. No matter what we've done in our past, no, listen, you are not outside of God's reach. You have not done anything that's going to keep you from the love of God. Our heavenly father loves you and he's not holding your past against you. Put in the chat, I cannot judge my future by my past. Do not judge your future by your past. Listen, you, God is not holding your past against you. God is not holding your future hostage to you because of your past. He's not doing that. Our Heavenly Father loves us with this unconditional love. I love the fact that the Father in the parable, he ran out. Like, I mean, just look at the joy that he had when his son was coming home. He ran out and, he, and his son, while his son was trying to repent, he just threw his arms around him. And, and that just, that shows us, it illustrates us to us that when we repent, when, when we got somebody, a backslider comes back home, somebody repents, somebody comes to the altar and falls down on his face, there is rejoicing in heaven. There's a party in heaven going on in the spirit because of that repentance. When God is saying, thank you, son, come back, son, come back, daughter. I love you with an, un why are you living like that? That's not even who you are. You need to come to yourself and come home and think about the father's patience. Every day he was out there looking and waiting and looking and waiting. And that that's an image of God waiting for us. He's not going to force us to come home, but he will welcome us when we come home. And then think about the older brother's resentment, right? The other older brother resentment. And he was like, why is this? Like, you know, but it's the goodness of God that causes people to repent. And so this illustrates the love and the grace of God in so many dimensions. And we're going to cover it in this parable. So let me just say this as I finish the first point, you did nothing to get God to start loving you and nothing you will ever do will ever make him stop. 
Say amen to that. God loves you with this unconditional love. God loves you with a love that will never run out. God is waiting for you to come home, to repent, to, to recognize, to come to yourself. Wait a minute. I'm a child of God. Wait a minute. What am I doing out here? You're, if you're not living the way that you're supposed to be living, God loves you still. He loves you just the way you are, but he loves you too much to leave you that way. He's not going to force you to come home. You have to decide to come home yourself. But if you come home, he will welcome you with open arms and say amen to that. Number two, let's talk about repentance and forgiveness. Repentance and forgiveness. The younger son decided to come home. Even though he expected nothing in return, it wasn't like he was coming home presumptuous. It wasn't like he was coming home saying, okay, well, I'm still the man. No, he actually came home with a broken heart. He, he, this was a picture of real repentance. Repentance is not a 360 degree turn. It's a 180. He went back in a different direction. He repented. He changed his heart. He changed his direction. This is exactly what the father is looking for from his children who are wayward, from his children who are backsliders. I'm not talking about people that don't know God. I'm not talking about people that are not born again. Of course, this is a picture of, yeah, people that are lost can come home. No, this is somebody that knows better. This is somebody that was raised in the church. This is somebody that you poured things in. This is somebody who, who in moments in their life knew that they were a child of the most high God. And now they're living in a way that does not please God at all. And God is saying, come home, son, come home, daughter. He Listen, the father is looking for us to come home. When we are wayward, when we are disobedient, I know people don't like to talk about repentance today, but it's in the Bible. We need to talk about it. If you're living outside of the will of God, you must repent. <clears throat> and come home. And I love the fact that the father was quick to forgive without any conditions. The father didn't have any conditions. The father didn't say, okay, well, now that you're home, let me lay out the rules before we go in the house. Before I let you in this house, let me give you some stipulations. Let me give you some conditions. No, he gave him unconditional love without stipulation, without condition. No matter what you've done, the father will welcome you home. No matter how disrespectful you were, you were to him or your heaven or your earthly parents, the father will welcome you to come home. It doesn't matter the loose living that you, it doesn't matter. Throw yourself back as you come home, he will receive you with open arms and throw his arms around you and kiss your neck. The son's journey from recklessness to realization of who he was is a reminder that we need to, and it's never too late, to come home to God. So if you are ready, put this in the chat, if you are ready to repent, God is ready to forgive. And God is not going to forgive you with stipulation. He just is going to forgive you and welcome you back. Say amen to that. If you're living in sin, it's time to repent and come home. <laughs> you got it? All right, number three. Let's talk about jealousy and resentment. Jealousy and resentment. The older son is understandable. Like, I mean, we're humans, right? So he, he resented the fact that his brother was having a party. And this reveals like the dangers of harboring jealousy or comparing yourself to other people. This is why you shouldn't compare yourself to other people. It, it, the older son... He felt like he was overlooked. Like he was like, I, I've been faithful. I've been, uh, how many times have you said this to God? <laughs> Hold on, God. Such and such gave a testimony in church. She just gave a testimony of your blessing and she don't even live right. <laughs> I mean, like, like this is how church people talk. Hold on, God. I know how, she, I know what she be doing. And you still, hold on, God. I've been here every Sunday. 
I've been here every Wednesday night. I'm tithing. I'm doing right. How, how are you going to do that for her and not do that for me? This is, this is dangerous. You don't want to be comparing yourself to other people. You need to run your race with your grace at your pace. Don't seek validation from works. Seek validation from the grace of God. This is a reminder what the father told the oldest son, a reminder of who we are. The father was like, son, everything I have is yours. If you haven't been enjoying it, it's because you haven't made a demand on it. But I love you, man. And everything I have is yours. This understands the importance of us just recognizing who we are on a daily basis, appreciating and enjoying the grace and the favor of God that is on my life. Put, put in the chat, I will appreciate and enjoy the grace of God on my life. In 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 12, the Bible says, this is what Paul said, for we dare not to class ourselves or compare ourselves with those who commend themselves, but they measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves amongst themselves, they are not wise. It's not wise to do that. What you don't want to do is be comparing yourself to other people. God is a good God and he blesses his children in good ways. And sometimes if we're not careful, somebody can give a testimony. Girl, let me tell you what God did for me. And sometimes if you're not careful, you can get bitter. You can, be, you can actually get upset that God is doing something for somebody else. You got to be careful. You got to be careful. You're running a business and you're waiting and you're not winning any contracts and you're believing God. And then somebody else calls you. Oh man, let me tell you, we just won this contract and we just won this contract. If you're not careful, you'll be like, they're not even living right. God, what's going on? If you're not careful, you need to check your own heart. Don't, there's so many things we're going to learn in this parable, but you got to be careful not to judge the goodness of God. God is a good God. It's not our place to judge the goodness of God. God, why are you being so good to them? That's between them and God. How about I just focus on me and my relationship with God? If we're honest, if we were honest, because people say, oh man, why are you doing that for She don't deserve it. He don't deserve it. If we're honest, we don't deserve it either. So how about we just focus on us? the goodness and the grace of God on, on our lives. Say this, put in the chat, I'm going to run my own race. You got it? All right, number four, last point for today is a point about reconciliation. It's, a, it's about relationships and reconciliation. The father's outreach to both of his sons. He, he One, he threw a party. The other, he's like, come on, son. Listen, he was trying to minister to both of his sons. This is how it, how it is with us and, and our children and our family. The celebration thrown for the younger son uh, wasn't just about like, oh, my son coming home. It was about restoring broken relationships. Sometimes you have broken relationships. Sometimes relationships are difficult. Sometimes people like do things and things get broken. But when you restore that relationship, it should be celebrated. Somebody else will be like, well, I never did that to you. Why you don't celebrate me? The dialogue between the father and the older son is a lesson in communication and the healing power of God's love. He was like, listen, just like us, like, I don't, you know, we have four children, all children are different. And, and, and it's just like that. Um, children are different. And if the, if the children, if the siblings start comparing themselves amongst themselves, be like, well, why are you doing that for him? You never did it for me. I'm over here. I've been, you know, don't do that. And as a parent, you get, you know, that you got to love your children they're all different. So you're loving them all different. The father loves us and, and we're all God's children. And so he's like, come on, don't be comparing yourselves among yourselves. I love you all. Or do you love him more than you love me? No, I love, I mean, if you have children, you know what I'm talking about. They're just different and you got to love them the way that they are. The good news is that God loves us the way that we are, but he doesn't leave us that way. He loves us too much to leave us that way. He wants to minister to us individually 
And because of that, put this in the chat. My relationship with God is tailor-made. My relationship with God is individual and unique. My God loves me the way he loves me. And God loves me despite me. And, 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 and yeah, God doesn't, I can't worry about other people because my relationship with God is special. And so God is loving me the way that God loves me. And he's ministering to me in ways that are tailor-made just for me. So thank God for his grace and his mercy and his unconditional love. But you got to watch out. Don't be comparing yourself to other people. That's not wise. Let's close this message out. This was just the introduction. I Oh my God, this is going to be good. I'll tell people about this. Tell other people. Oh my God, listen, this dude, this Dominican dude, he'd be breaking down the Bible, man. And so he's talking about the, the prodigal son. You should tune in every morning, 7 a.m. All right, let's close this message out with a declaration of faith. I want you to lift up your voice and speak this over your life. Say, Father, this is a season of refreshing and restoring for me. I boldly declare that I embrace your unconditional love. You love me regardless of my past actions. And I thank you for that, Father. My heart is set on true repentance, always returning to you. I renounce jealousy and resentment. And I'm going to stop comparing myself to other people. I celebrate your blessings and I reject envy or bitterness. I champion unity and reconciliation in every relationship. Your patience towards me is a testament of your grace. And my value as your child is found in your grace and not my works. I know it's never too late to return to you. Your mercy is endless and your grace is enough. So I aim to reflect your heart daily. As a recipient of your grace, I seek to be an extender of your grace. And living with this mindset, I know greater is coming for me. I declare this by faith in Jesus' name. Amen. This is today's word. So please apply it and prosper. Tomorrow, we're going to have another one. If you're not getting my notes, wouldn't you want these notes? You get the notes for free. Go to todaysword.org, click on the big red subscribe button, put in your email address. You're going to get all my notes in your email inbox every day for free. I was glancing over at the at the, at the the notes, uh, at the comments in the chat. There's a lot in this parable. I'm super excited. I'm so thankful that the Lord led me to go down this road. I pray that you open up your heart to receive the love and the grace of God and that you extend that same love and grace towards other people. So do me a favor, leave me some comments in the chat if this message was a blessing to you and then share this message right now on your social media, on your timeline and with your friends. I love you, God loves you more. Have an amazing day. I'll see you tomorrow morning. Tell your friends about it. Greater is coming for you. God bless you. If you enjoyed this content and you would like to know more about our ministry or you would like to partner with us in what we're doing in the Caribbean, being a blessing to Haitian children in the Dominican Republic, then please go to ripministries.org. You'll be able to find out more information there. And if you'd like to make a donation, all the donations are tax deductible in the United States. A few months ago, the Lord impressed it upon my heart 
to set up a coaching and mentorship program. And Isabella and I set that up. And so now we make ourselves available on three different levels for those that want access to us and to learn things about maximizing your potential, increasing your personal productivity and fulfilling your life's purpose. If you're interested in that, go to patreon.com forward slash Rick Pina. And then lastly, the Lord impressed it upon my heart to write several books and journals to help people grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Please go to rickpina.co if you don't have our material. And there's also apparel there as well. Listen, thank you for being a blessing to us. We pray that our ministry will continue to be a blessing to you.